For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeff C. And I'm Grace Duffy. But before we get started on today's show with our incredible guests, we want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by the YouTube Marketing Summit from Social Media Examiner. And you can learn more about it, about this live online event at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash summit. Again, that is socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash summit. Jeff, without further ado, tell us what we're going to be talking about on the show and who we have on. Yes, we are so excited today to be joined by Mari Smith, and we're going to explore how Facebook's new terms of service and the rollout of iOS 14 is going to affect marketers. And if you don't know, which is is amazing if this is true or not, but if you don't know Mara, she is a wildly recognized social media thought leader. She's a speaker and a trainer. She is the premier Facebook marketing expert. She is known as the queen of Facebook. She's also an expert live video webinar host and the author of the new relationship marketing and co-author of the Facebook marketing an hour a day. And she also has a new course that she's going to be talking about a little bit later today. It's called Facebook Essentials. This is like version two, right, Mari? So, um, yeah, it's very, very exciting. Marketing Essentials. Yeah. So you can find that at marismith.com forward slash FB Essentials. So make sure you to go check that out. So we're going to jump right into the news, Mari. I want you to tell us all about this. But Facebook's announcing this upcoming updates to its terms of service. So they alerted Mm -hmm. users on October 1st that the platform's new terms of service Will it allow it to take down or restrict access to content to avoid or uh, mitigate adverse legal or regulatory impacts to Facebook? That is a mouthful. Mari, break this down for us because that's kind of a big deal. We got these notifications. What's going on? Yeah. So, okay. Very interesting timing. It was for (laughs) me, I saw it come up on August 31 and it was right in the notifications. And it said there's an update to the terms of service coming into effect on October 1st. And I thought, you know, it's really rare that Facebook just kind of breaks in and, you know, gives you this pop-up notification, hey, something important is happening. And what happened is it's actually really interesting timing to connect with the, what's going on with uh, Australia. Mm-hmm. And the Australian news is not new. They've been talking about that pretty much all year as far as I understand. So folks understand what it potentially, it hasn't become law yet, but there's possible regulation to my knowledge There's possible governmental regulations coming that would have Australia would force Facebook, among others, right, probably Google and many others, all the social networks, to compensate Mm. news publishers for their content. So when I saw that notification, I'm like, wait, what? Now they're just going to, they've always been censoring stuff anyway. And and for good reason, I know we're going to talk about that later in the show about, you know, kind of the rules and the algorithms that make sure that people don't see really awful content. 
But then it gets into that gray zone. And, and when it, Facebook's basically playing the arbiter of what's right and what's wrong. But what this rule seems to be a bit more related to, and Facebook's not necessarily coming right out directly and saying it, but the change is about, it's more than just Australia's possible, hey, if any of your, you know, 3.1 billion members, Facebook shares content from Australian news sites, and then there's a monetization made from advertising revenue, uh, advertising, we want a piece of that revenue. But what could happen if that law does get passed in Australia is it could set a precedent. Mm -hmm. So if what Facebook's basically making out Australia to be the bad guy, and they put out their notification saying, you know, if governments try to make us responsible, this is Facebook saying this, for certain types of content, including compensating content creators, as the proposed Australian regulations would do, we're just going to delete the content instead. Excuse me, that's not Facebook excerpted that from an article. Right. That's, that's, as we talk about reading between the, you know, reading right. between the lines, that is what Facebook is saying. That, look, we're not going to play by your rules. No, we're not going to compensate. We're just going to, you know, make the content not show up on our platform. And okay, fine. They can have, they can have their say if they want to be able to do that. It's obviously hitting a nerve. Can I share my screen real quick? Sure. Yes. Sure. Let me just do that because what I want to point out is clearly on, I know on the social media examiner audience, you've been talking about this as well, but I put this out like on August 31 when I saw the notification. And so folks probably saw, you know, this update as we're just talking about. Right. And then they literally said what I thought was fascinating here, uh, Jeff and Grace, is that Facebook actually put, when you tap through on that notification, they told you what the sentence was, the clause, we can remove or restrict access to your content services or information if we determine that doing so is reasonably necessary to avoid or mitigate adverse legal or regulatory impact. Like you said, Jeff, that's a mouthful. Right. And clearly, see, this is going to run away reach. I, I, that is way above. I was like 35% reach, organic. I haven't done any boosting on that, 562 shares. So my point in showing that is that clearly people rarely read the terms of service. You right. all know. Right. Right. <laughs> Skip, check yeah. yeah, I'm going to sign up for this. Ah, oh, yeah, check. You know, whatever it is. Not just Facebook. It's every everything we sign up for. So unless you kind of like speak legalese or you're a lawyer, you can like really <laughs> interpret that. It's not clear. And then what was also happening, and I know why my post was getting so many shares, and it's been all over the news all, all this week, really, is that, I mean, most people are understanding, okay, it's just this clause, but then there's a big cross-section of Facebook users that are also almost for the first time they're clicking in and they're reading the terms and then they're like, wait, Facebook's insisting we, we have to use our real names. Oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah, that's been there for 14 years. <laughs> you know? right. So a lot of confusion. Yeah. You bring up a really good point is that there are volumes and volumes and volumes of rules, right? So there's rules about, we were talking about Facebook shops last week and the, what you need to do to monetize or to have a shop on there. So in these volumes, of changes, Facebook doesn't typically slide into our notifications yeah. to learn about one specific change. And I really love that you showed your post, Mari, because as I was preparing for the show and reading through there, I love the range of reactions, right? There were some that were super supportive. There was some that was total opposition and some even declared abandoned ship. I'm going over to LinkedIn, which I found 
Hilarious, by the way. So there's a sense that there's a big change. Big changes are afoot at Facebook. And can you give us a sense of what big shifts might be coming? Because it sounds like they're preparing for something huge with giving us this long lead time and this alert. Yeah, the lead time is interesting to give us that exactly like 30 days. There, there. You're right, Grace. It's like we have to stand back and really take kind of the 30,000 foot view or like a holistic view of, okay, it's not just this one isolated potential Australian regulation. As I mentioned, that could potentially set a precedent. There's a connection here to the proposed gutting of Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. President Trump signed uh, the order back in May of this year. And if folks don't know what that is, the Communications Decency Act went into force in 1996. And back then, it was to protect certain sites and publishers, particularly around pornography, believe it or not. And then it's come to cover like all of these social networking platforms where in essence they cannot be held liable for any content that their users publish so this could back in the day in like you know forums and whatever we call them message boards right. <laughs> but uh, there's been some real challenges this year with the american president and both facebook and twitter deciding to basically flag or censor some content. So I know from what I've observed, it seems like, you know, the president's like, well, hey, <laughs> you two can play this game. Oh, we lost Mari. But uh, yeah, so uh, it's interesting that uh, we've got some people over on LinkedIn actually saying that they've noticed a lot of people have beginning like seeing this terms of service in their thinking their accounts are going to get shut down if they've had a restriction ever. So I know a lot of people have seen this this post and have gotten a, a little bit nervous. So uh, a lot of people have, um, you know, struggled with this, seeing that, you know, because Facebook doesn't do this very much when they have like this thing that shows up in your feed, like, hey, we're updating our terms of service. You know, we never see that. So but until we get Mari back, let's go ahead and jump right down, uh, Grace, to some of our uh, other things that are happening inside of the news. Like this first one is this Twitter is adding this much needed <laughs> context around trending topics. What is that? So Twitter is trying to make trending topics easier to understand. The company will soon add a pinned tweet and description to some of the trending topics in an effort to explain why this trending topic has become a trending topic, right? So they they did mention that they'll put a sample tweet that explains what it is that's going on in the coming weeks. They'll also add a brief description explaining a little bit more about the trend. The descriptions will are promised to be straightforward, clearly sourced context around why and what the reason is and how to connect it. Descriptions are being developed by a curation team uh, and will follow their guidelines. So uh, this will definitely be something that human beings on an algorithm will be generating. And uh, the descriptions for these trends will be found on twitter.com as well as the app. So these pinned tweets are rolling out to the Twitter apps now and will be coming to the desktop version soon. Uh, one interesting detail Twitter did mention is that why is this trending right. was actually tweeted yeah. half a million times last year. And what's really funny is I I don't like I should be following Twitter a little bit closer, but like I just I check in for a while. But right. more often than not, I'll be like, why is this I'll see on Facebook? Why is this trending on Twitter? Like what is going on? So right. anyway, 
You should see these rolling out. Yeah. So um, they are rolling out to, did you give all the places they're doing it at? Like Argentina, uh, Australia, they, Brazil, they, Canada, yeah. Colombia, Egypt, France, India, Ireland, Japan, Mexico, New Zealand, Saudi Arabia, Spain, the United Kingdom, and the United Arab Emirates, and the United States. So that's who right. it's rolling out to. Now, this next piece of news, as we're continuing to wait for Mari to pop back in, is uh, I, I found this uh, on the, the the interwebs, and I thought it was really funny. But it was um, a forgotten Twitter feature shows off the embarrassing topics you forgot that you follow. So. Uh, I, this is kind of a public service, so if you are following somebody, if you do not, um, this is a thing that was unveiled of November of last year, and it's mostly been forgotten for a lot of people, uh, and it's, it was pitched to let you follow rather specific areas of interest or topics rather than just specific accounts. And the problem is, if your account is public, anyone can see what topics you have decided to follow. So uh, this could highlight all of the wonderful and strange stuff that you go out of your way to track. So some examples they gave, like, was um, Elon Musk and he had like uh, PC gaming. So that was really interesting to me. So make sure that if you're doing that, you double check and don't have that turned on for everybody. So we were kind of wrapping up that first segment and the other piece of news that we're going to talk about. So this was an interesting thing too, that a lot of people talked about on Twitter is this much needed content around trending. You know, we talked about the trending topics and then we talked about the topics that you may double check to make sure other people can't see or following you. But this next piece of news is really interesting about how Google is starting to display licensing details for images. So talk about that a little bit, Grace, because I mean, as content creators and people who are taking, you know, pictures, I think this is a good thing. Oh, I think this is fabulous for everyone. So Google is going to start displaying licensing details for image results. So we all know you're supposed to go through these licensing services and get these images for your posts and for your marketing campaigns. But more often than not, we usually go to Google and whether we should or not use those images. So now Google is making it entirely easier to find the images that you can legally use. It will label these as licensable images, and then they will link you to where you can purchase the usage rights for them. So you'll get a link for those licensing details. And let's say that if you're under Creative Commons and you can use it for free with attribution, or they say that it can be used for free for commercial with a commercial license when you select the image to view, this makes it a lot easier to source those images for your campaigns and for your project. And then on the flip side, it really helps with content creators so that their images aren't used in places that they shouldn't. And uh, hopefully they will get compensated for the usage of their images. So this definitely will change benefit publishers, photographers, artists, social media managers, and it'll help them get in front of their audience and help people find the images that they have the rights to use. Right. And so the other piece of news is, and I like this because I think it's cool. I think, you know, it's still, I don't think a lot of people know about it. It's Facebook has bringing customizes backgrounds to messenger rooms. So let us know down below if you're actually using messenger rooms, because uh, I think a lot of people haven't really integrated into their messenger kind of workflow, but I think it's really cool. I think it's a great place, especially I know a lot of people are connecting right now with their family because they can't go out. They're using messenger for that. But what this news is, is in addition to messengers, augmented reality effects like that, they have an immersive 360 degree background. They have mood lighting filters. Users can now customize their messenger room background with personal photos and videos. So you can actually have, uh, I saw a guy who did this on Zoom. He actually did this video of him interrupting himself 
as a background, which was really funny. So <laughs> you can actually have like, you can have a funny home video. You can put that up behind you now in uh, messenger room. So you can also create, share, manage, drop into a room with this messenger app. So you can schedule messenger rooms now, which I think is very, very cool. So oh, yeah. I think it's going to be an interesting way for people to do it. So we've got some people who are saying, yeah, messenger rooms. Uh, she's using a little Jackie says that. Uh, Mandy over on YouTube says, I found it hard to get other people to use rooms. I think as it, as it becomes more and more integrated into, I mean, people get used to the kind of the workflow and you go join them first and see how easy it is. Then people will start using them a little bit more. But uh, I think it's very, very cool. And uh, we have other people saying, oh, yeah, Mr. Rooms is an amazing add-on in the Facebook Manager. So very, very cool. So Mari is back. Somebody said earlier we should use code names. So we're just going to really be really nice to the government. We're not going to talk about that first section anymore because it's just been bad luck for all of us. So let's talk about this next piece of news. Facebook is revealing its content recommendation mechanism. So in a newsroom post this last week, Facebook clarified how it restricts and recommends content that users on Facebook and Instagram will see. What they're talking about is the news stories, the explore tab, posts that are surfaced for you. And so the uh, company provided context around what type of content is, but they mostly focused on what kind of content isn't included in these recommendations and therefore may not be distributed as widely. So this is the first time that Facebook has publicly revealed how its content recommendation guidelines and its mechanisms work. Mari, as you're reading through this, how much of it was a real revelation to you? Was there anything that really stood out to you about what is or isn't allowed here? I mean, not really, not really. And and just to be clear for folks tuning in, this is on both Facebook and Instagram. And it's things like pages you may like, you know, suggested for you, people you may know. And I don't know about you, but over the years when I saw that people you may know, <laughs> you would be like standing there scratching your head going, how on <laughs> earth does Facebook think this person is you know, right. relevant or whatever? I mean, there's persons, but also on the Instagram explore, they've got like accounts you may like or IGTV discover. And Facebook is always really interesting in how it kind of plays the moves out because it's like a little bit like that clear history tool Mm. where it was a long time coming and then finally rolled out and it was just really not that big a deal. And I'm sure the vast majority of users don't even know they can clear their history, whole other separate topic. (laughs) But with this new, hey, we're being transparent. We're going to reveal our five key areas that uh, the algorithms choose from from when we're making suggestions, which I think is decent and, and fine. But I, I noted that what a TechCrunch article there said that the documentation offers deep insight into how Facebook actually chooses what to recommend to a given user. As you just said, Grace, it's saying, we're gonna, here's the five things we're, the areas that we're not going to show. But as TechCrunch says, you know, that's a key piece to understanding recommendation technology and one that Facebook intentionally left out. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to me. I suppose, actually, Grace, to your question, one that stood out a little bit was just um, saying that, you know, anything pertaining to a contest and giveaways right. was a little bit of a, a, a gray area. Not like you can't share those, but I would imagine anyone who ever runs a contest on Facebook is like, ah, wait, what? <laughs> you know, so you can share it, but it just won't necessarily show up as a recommendation. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So they did say, you, you mentioned contests and giveaways. They also mentioned engagement bait and sharing unoriginal yeah. content, which I take to mean 
mean memes, right? So like memes and that kind of stuff that that more pop culture stuff. So these incidentally are tactics used by a lot of marketers to drive engagement. In fact, yeah. they're, they seem to be tried and true. So what insights does this give marketers about how to get their content seen on Facebook? Because I would hate to have my stuff not seen or shown because I happen to be running a contest, however legal and fair it might be, right? I know. I know what you mean. Well, the thing is that I think what not a lot of people realize is there's actually 100,000, over over 100,000 weights or points that goes into just the newsfeed ranking algorithm. Sometimes people call it uh, edge rank. And then there's obviously a lot of points and weights and go into this whole recommendation engine as well. It's all you know done by AI and algorithms. And so there's just so many factors, right? And this engagement bait, and there's there's different ones. Like there's obviously people, most people know what clickbait is, but then there's like comment gate and things like that, 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 as they call it, just kind of spammy or when even like when Facebook Live first came out and you, you get these crazy pages that would just stream this endless nonsense or as if it was a real time thing, but it was just on a loop, like an old newsreel or something mm-hmm. like that. So, but from a marketing standpoint, I think it's really important to um, be mindful of the terminology that you use both in the written and the spoken word, because this engagement bait, you know, algorithm is going to pertain whether it's showing your content in the newsfeed or organic reach, or it's in the recommendation engine. And because relatively recent, I would say certainly within the last 12 months that Facebook started to be able to literally interpret whilst you're broadcasting Facebook Live, there's a little bit of a lag time, right? Mm -hmm. That's because the AI is checking to see, is there any forbidden words here? Or is there anything that might, you know, bring the ranking down a little bit? Or do we need to pull this thing all together? And so those are things like, I shouldn't say them now because I know you're broadcasting on Facebook. (laughs) But instead of saying, you know, add your C-O-M-M-E-N-D, you could say, let us know your thoughts. What do you think? We'd love to hear from you. Add your opinion below. Um, Or, you know, if you found value in this, uh, go ahead and let your friends know instead of saying, click the S-H-A-R-E button. (laughs) talking to kids, you know, when you spell out words, yeah. you don't want them to hear. They'll probably have to figure out how to do that. So yeah, that's why, like at the beginning, I say sprinkle the love around because I don't want to say that that's word you good. just spelled out. So like yeah, so that's really interesting, you know, kind of the what they're showing now, what they didn't say and what they did say. So I think that's important for marketers to look on, look at. This next section, because I want to make sure we have enough time to um, sure. cover it, because I, I think this is a little bit fascinating with everything going on with developers versus Apple and now Apple iOS saying this about Facebook. So if you guys uh, haven't heard um, that um, Facebook has says that Apple's privacy changes planned for its iOS 14 mobile operating system will affect Facebook's audience network business. And so this connects Facebook's identities with their off-platform activities, the audience network does, and it allows them to do this really hyper-focused targeting that every small business owner and marketer really loves but Facebook has said this is going to hurt its audience network uh, like up to 50%. So this is a, a big deal. And so, Mari, I would love for you to talk about this. What this what does this mean for advertisers? And, you know, are there steps that we need to start looking at right now? 
Well, what's interesting is just like Facebook's making Australia out to be the bad guy and going, hey, we were forced to make this right. decision. You know, we really didn't want to, but we kind of had to. Hey, we put this clause in here. So if you make your regulation, we're going to do this. So equally, Facebook's kind of annoyed with Apple right now. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> right. I can tell by the wording they use. Because, for example, on the POE, the new paid online events, Facebook said, um, this is a separate topic, but you'll see the relationship in a moment, that Facebook's, because in the interest of helping more small businesses and in the light of the, the COVID crisis and whatnot, a lot of small businesses are really hurting. And so Facebook's like, hey, with these new paid online events, which is kind of like Zoom meets event, right? Right? It's Facebook Live streamed right inside of an event, paywalled, and that they won't charge any fees for the next 12 months. So we don't know what's going to happen after 12 months. Right. However, if someone buys a ticket to your POE on an Apple phone, an iPhone, Apple will take 30%. And three zero, right? So you get 70, Apple gets 30, Facebook doesn't get anything. And so make your people buy their tickets on desktop. <laughs> but you can't afford that, right? But at first, Facebook came out and they had this wording saying literally underneath the little buy button to buy a ticket, they were like, you know, hey, FYI, Apple's taking 30% of this. And then Apple turns around and says, hey, that's irrelevant. You can't do that. You can't come right out and tell people. So they're just kind of seem to be duking it out right now. And then a whole other major issue, the iOS 14, it's the IDFA, it's the identifier for advertisers. And so people that use what's called audience network, and if you've ever placed an ad on Facebook, if you've ever even hit that boost button, if you've ever given Facebook a dollar or more, you likely have used audience network because it's, it's automatic placements. When you go to place an ad on Facebook or Instagram, it shows up in all the variety of places, the newsfeed, the stories, the videos, the ad breaks and whatnot. And then Audience Network is basically platforms and apps and sites, side of the Facebook family of apps. But what iOS 14 is doing in Apple's infinite wisdom is it's a big win for users. It's a big win for privacy champions, which is hard, right, Jeff and Grace? is because we're marketers and we're all consumers and we wear those hats. We're like, no, I don't want my data overused right. and collected and stocked. And, you know, but at the same time, we're like, ooh, if we have that data, then we can target as, as marketers. And so what's happening is that in the iOS 14, that iPhone users will be asked, they will, it's going to bring it to the forefront and they will be asked, hey, are you okay with your information, your data being used or being collected? And most people, when that's a proactive step that they have to say yes or no, I mean, it's a little bit like cookies. People, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, of course I accept cookies or else I can't proceed further on this website. But it's really putting the power back into the phone users. And the interesting thing is that Facebook has never really come out and broken apart how much revenue they generate from the audience network. Obviously, it's billions of dollars they make. And it's like 90% of the revenue is from ads. But the party or the group of people that I definitely most feel for is the developers. And Facebook came right out and said that in their update. We work with more than 19,000 developers and publishers from around the globe. And in 2019, we paid out billions of dollars. And, and this is, again, they're trying to throw Apple under the bus here. And so what's going to happen potentially is going to force a lot of developers, like app developers, who've relied on free apps. Like, who doesn't love a free app? You can put up with a few ads. You don't have to pay your five bucks a month or $50 for the year or whatever it might be as a user. So it might force a lot of developers, as Facebook's saying, who've relied on free apps 
to have to go to a subscription payment model. Mm. So that's what iOS impact on developers. But iOS impact on audience network, we'll see. You know, it's just one of those things, again, that we kind of almost have to cross the bridge when we come to it. But if you have seen I know like in, in some of the clients that we work with on their ads, the audience network performance has been uh, significant. It's been great. We've been able to right. really reduce the cost per acquisition and you know, leads and clicks tend to just be a little bit more modest with their pricing. But it, and again, we should we should realize it's not like audience networks going away. It would just be that you're probably going to see more advertisers will go, okay, fine, we're just going to you know go work with Google and Google Sense platform. Yeah, the interesting things too, as I you know when we talked about like nineteen thousand developers and publishers, yeah. that's a lot, and. You know, if you have been following this sort of, you know, checking it out in the news is that Facebook really came down in the developers camp. They're like, we're friends with developers da, 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 because yeah. they've been fighting with the whole Fortnite thing, taking it off the store. And developers mm-hmm. are mad because of that 30 percent you mentioned. So it's just funny to me a little bit how Facebook's going, hey, we're developers. We're on your side, developers. And so uh, it's kind of interesting how that all plays together. So, Mari, thank you so much with all this tech stuff that we had, all the problems that was going on. But uh, thank you for being a trooper and coming back in. But we want to give you enough time to talk about, you know, there's people even already in the comments who are talking about uh, your course and how awesome it is. So tell some people about what's going on and where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for saying, Jeff. So um, in Q1, I read, I led a course called Facebook Marketing Essentials Season 1. And then literally since Season 1, Q1, now we're in the end of Q3, on the page at marysmith.com slash fbessentials, I've detailed 14, a whopping 14 updates. And this isn't including everything. These are all the main ones that impact marketers and businesses. And so I'm leading a six-week course that goes into my six-step formula as well as all of these. Now I've added up, there's actually uh, two more. So I'm up to 16 changes now. I need to update my page. <laughs> but uh, we go into all of that. Plus, two major areas that are big, big headaches for Facebook marketers is proper setup of business manager and getting their ads disapproved. So Facebook ad policy. So we've got two bonus sessions of brought in some guest experts. The ad policy person used to work for Facebook and now that's all he specializes in. So uh, come on over and uh, join us. It's not too late to catch up. I'd love to see you there. We have a fantastic group, several hundred of your fellow entrepreneurs, you know, business owners, marketers, and we'd love to support you. So that's at marysmith.com forward slash FB Essentials. Otherwise, you can find me anywhere on the internet, marysmith.com or at Mari Smith on Facebook, at Mari underscore Smith on Instagram. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks, Mari. Thank Thanks so you, much Mari. For, for coming today. We really appreciate your time and we'll see you next time. Well, my pleasure. Thanks for persisting and covering <laughs> me with that internet. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's live video. That's what happens. So thanks, Mari. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Cheers. Hi, Mari. So we have already done our blurbs going back and forth, uh, talking about news uh, today. And so we've talked about the trending topics about Twitter. We've talked about these, uh, you know, be careful what you're following topic wise. You know, people can see that if you don't have it turned off. We talked also about Google doing the licensing details for your Mm -hmm. images, which is really cool. And lastly, we talked about the Facebook messenger rooms. And the last thing we want to talk about is do not forget to sign up for this summit that we're putting on over at Social Media Examiner. It's the YouTube Marketing Summit. And if you want to find out more about your, and you know, really get 
awesome at YouTube marketing. You know, a lot of marketers struggle with this. So you are not alone. 82% of marketers that we surveyed want to learn more about YouTube. So we have put together this awesome event. It's called the YouTube Marketing Summit. As I mentioned before, it's a live online event and you'll discover how to increase your reach, improve your engagement, turn your viewers into customers. And we will, you'd learn from 12 of the world's top YouTube pros like Tim Schmoyer, Daryl Eves, uh, Vanessa Lau, Roberto Blake, and eight other YouTube experts. You can find out more about this live interactive online event at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash summit. That's socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash summit. And do not forget that this is also a podcast. You can find this podcast on Apple, on Google Podcasts, and Spotify with new episodes publishing every Saturday. We would love for you guys to rate and review us over there. We would appreciate that very much. And our next show is on Friday, September 11th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And wherever you are, you can always find us and find our schedule, what we're going to be talking about at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show. We look forward to seeing you guys on our next show. Grace, thank you so much for today. Thank you, Jeff, for being a fantastic host and for running the behind the scenes so smoothly. Oh. So just breaking back on and off. And thank you to our audience for hanging with us. I know in spite of all the tech issues, I learned a lot. I always love having Mari Smith on because she always has so many little, like, as she puts it, reading the tea leaves. So That's she's right. very good at helping us read the tea leaves. So yes. a special thank you to Mari Smith. And I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And those of you in the U.S., I hope you have a wonderful Labor Day week. Weekend. Yep. Be safe out there. We'll talk to you next time. Bye now. Bye, everyone. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast a new show from Social Media Examiner hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.